The Leech Report Radio Network is on the air with the voice of the Wildcats, Tom Leach. This is where the Big Blue Nation comes for the latest news and views on the cats. Interact with the show now by tweeting at Leech Report or email leechreport at gmail.com. Call us at 877-904-1080. Now, the voice of your Wildcats, Tom Leach. Welcome in to the Wednesday edition of the Leach Report. Coming to you from the Clark's Pump and Shop studio here in Lexington. And it's my last show for the week. Tomorrow, Dick Gabriel will be sitting in. Uh, Cameron Mills on Friday. Uh, back to Gabe on Monday. As I uh, mentioned with my buddy uh, Steve Hayes as one of our guests yesterday, we're doing our annual baseball trip. And looking forward to um, getting a couple of games in this weekend watching the, the Oakland A's. Not a, not a, not one of the, won't, won't be at the top of our rankings of uh, stadium with a stadium that we've visited, but it's another one to check off the list because it'll be gone probably in the next couple of years. Anyway, on to the lineup for today. Chris Fisher from the Cats Paws will lead us off as he does on Wednesdays. And then Kyle Tucker from theathletic.com. And lots to talk about uh, with both of those guys as we get into our Wildcat news of the day. And it starts with Kofi Coburn announcing yesterday that he, he announced that he's going to announce on Friday where he's going to play college basketball. And one would think it's either Kentucky or Illinois. He told ESPN that he's open, that he could return to Illinois. Um, he, of course, has also talked about how close he is with Orlando Antigua. And now Coach O is here in Lexington. And it would be a tremendous pickup for Kentucky to, to get a, a second-team All-American. Uh, interesting, I saw the story that ESPN, where he talked with them, uh, that he also said after going through the NBA evaluation process, uh, hearing that maybe he wasn't going to be picked as high as he hoped, so he's coming back to college, and he said NBA teams are going to see my mid-range game next year and my playmaking. So he'll be coming back to college with the idea that he's going to be more than just a, a low block back to the basket score, and um, we'll see if he can uh, do that to add uh, to his game. I would think, and I think players tend to always uh, think this way. Mike Pratt could speak to this. My guess would be that it'd be nice, uh, you know, from an NBA standpoint. He's not going to be a three-point shooter. But, you know, so he's talking about improving his mid-range game and his playmaking. My guess is the best thing he could improve would be defending pick and roll and being able to guard away from the basket. That would be the best perimeter skill that he could enhance for NBA scouts and for NBA teams. Um, And uh, my guess would be John Calipari, if he ends up at Kentucky, we'll be talking to him about that too because – you know, that's something, if, if I recall correctly, that uh, Loyola hurt Illinois with when they upset them in the NCAA tournament. More than half of UK's men's basketball players have partnered up with Pro Camps U. Maybe more will be, I don't know, but uh, Pro Camps U is the outfit that handles Cal's fantasy camps each year, among many other deals that, that they do. So, kind of a natural that they would reach out to Kentucky players. UK also unveiled the jersey numbers for the upcoming season for the team. Uh, and all of the returning players, nobody had a change. So for the new guys, uh, Ty Ty Washington will wear number three. 
Xavier Wheeler, number two. C.J. Frederick will be number one. Damian Collins will wear number four. Bryce Hopkins, 23. Kellen Grady, 31. I saw a note from Corey Price, who does such a great job tracking stats. Corey notes that you have to go back to 1993 and Dale Brown to find the last Kentucky player that wore number 31. I also went and looked on John Scott's uh, UK history site, bigbluehistory.net, and uh, 31 was also Joby Hall's number when he played for the Wildcats before he transferred out to Sewanee. And uh, Oscar Shibwe is going to be number 34 uh, this upcoming season. 24-7 Sports surveyed 32 of their reporters on the SEC football race. Kentucky picked third in the SEC East. Georgia got 30 first-place votes in the East. Florida, the other two. Next week, it'll be media days for the SEC. So we got a lot of content coming out of there. I believe it's Tuesday that uh, Mark Stoops is scheduled to speak to the uh, masses down in uh, Alabama. Uh, no, it won't be as big a crowd, but at least it will be a crowd after none last season. And then uh, I, th- I assume it'll be at the end of the week they'll do the preseason poll on the divisional races and the overall SEC champion and then on preseason all-SEC teams. And one would think there will be several Kentucky names on there, starting with Darian Kennard, who would be shocked if he's not first-team all-SEC. And then uh, you know several other guys would be in contention for uh, preseason. They don't do as many as some of the other uh, outlets do, the, the preseason media poll. Uh, I, I, obviously, there's a first team. I don't know if they – I think they do a second team also, but I'm not sure about that. But there would be no more than a first and second team, I think. ESPN's draft – Pro Day show is on tonight, and it will include B.J. Boston. And uh, also within the show, they'll have a a tribute to Terrence Clark. Links to the stories that we talk about each day can be found on the Bud Light Leach Report page at TomLeachKY.com. Heading to a break, Chris Fisher from the Cat's Paws when we come right back. You're tuned to Talk Radio 1080 and The Leach Report. And visit TomLeachKY.com for more news and views on the cats. Leach Report for a Wednesday. We go to the DrinkSword.com hotline to bring on Chris Fisher from CatsPaws.com. We'll start with uh, Kofi Coburn, uh, Chris, and uh, any, uh, any guests that you'd like to make on what he'll say on Friday? You know, I'm not sure uh, either side is extremely confident at this point. Uh, Kofi Coburn has kept things extremely low-key and low to the vest, and uh, it would be hard for me to imagine him ending up anywhere other than Kentucky or Illinois, although I saw Florida State mentioned as a potential landing spot as well. But uh, returning to Illinois or, or following Orlando Antigua, who he – uh, gave a lot of credit um, to Kentucky, I think, are the the two main options. But I, I think if you're Kentucky, Kobe Coburn is a luxury. I think they're pretty much set. They've solidified themselves as a preseason top ten team. But if Kofi Coburn tells you he wants to come, you make room for him. That's just what you do, and you figure it out, and you let the chips fall where they may, much in the same way that um, you know John Calipari utilized the platoon system and 
2014-15 when the Harrison twins said they were coming back. You just kind of, uh, you know, figure it out. And if that's, uh, if he picks Kentucky on Friday, then, then that's what they'll do. And I think the addition of Kofi Coburn would obviously be a, a an upgrade at, the five spot, you're talking about a consensus second-team second All-American and probably catapult Kentucky into that legitimate national title contender discussion. He said in an interview with ESPN that after going through the NBA process, uh, in quote, NBA teams are going to see my mid-range game next year and my playmaking. And he came away thinking that, you know, that he needed to show them more than just being a, you know, low block back to the basket score. My thought was that something he didn't say that would be perhaps even more important is to show the NBA teams that he can guard away from the basket uh, and pick and rolls and th- all of that NBA uh, you know getting what's the best plan for getting him to uh, be in a better position for the NBA draft in a year is what John Calipari and Brad Underwood and anybody else are talking to him about yeah, it's you know that's an interesting um, an interesting point, and, and like you mentioned, the, the traditional back to the basket center who only guards the post that's kind of gone the way of the Buffalo in in the NBA. You have to be able to step out on the floor, you have to be able to run the floor, you have to be able to contribute to spacing on the offensive end, and you have to guard pick and roll uh, out on the floor, guard multiple positions, and. At you know six ten two hundred and eighty five pounds, that's been a challenge for for Kofi Coburn to this point. And so, um, it, you know, I think if he chooses Kentucky, I think it's going to be on the strength of his relationship with Orlando Antigua, and it, that he said that was the sole reason he chose Illinois uh, the first time around. It's interesting; he was a, a top fifty recruit nationally. I think Kentucky kind of kicked the tires on him a little bit and ultimately decided to take a pass. And now I think it's it's ironic that uh, now that Orlando Antigua is back at Kentucky, they're, they're going to take a swing on him, and, and we'll find out what happens on Friday. Uh, he, you know, has you look at his numbers, uh, you go to Ken Pomeroy's site, KenPom.com, and, and see numbers, but uh, they're out there other places as well. Um, and they're all impressive, um, the, you know, and not just, you know, uh, shooting around the basket, you know, field goal percentage or something like that. But, you know, the drawing fouls, uh, rebounding on the offensive and defensive glass, et cetera. Yeah, absolutely. Those numbers are off the charts. He's an extremely efficient player. And just his sheer size, I think he averaged 1.3 blocks uh, per game last season. But just his sheer size at 6'10 and 280 pounds, he's going to change a lot of the dynamics in the paint and, and around the rim. He's an, uh, uh, an imposing force to go against and should he choose Kentucky I'm not sure how much John Calipari will play he and Oscar Sheway together but my goodness I can't remember the last time uh Kentucky had an imposing for one imposing force much less two the the caliber of a Sheway and and Coburn so uh the the dynamics and how that plays out would definitely be uh be interesting to watch I would think Cal's one of the the few guys that could be in a position to manage what he, especially if they had Coburn, to manage what he's going to have to manage and, you know, convince guys of things like, you know, sacrificing, you know, points and shots and, uh, you know, seeing how much, you know, exposure to NBA scouts you'll get just by going through the practices here and all those kinds of things he'll talk to them about. Yeah, I think that's always been a major selling point for 
Kentucky. Kentucky runs its program like a professional organization, and you're going against uh, really high-caliber players every single day in practice, and that in and of itself, regardless of uh, the games, is going to make you a better player from uh, from start to finish. And so um, going against Oscar Sheway would obviously help uh, Kofi uh, Coburn's development. And um, when you look at the way Kentucky's roster is constructed, I think there's a path to play Sheway and Kofi Coburn together with with so many ball handlers and so many shooters and uh, any combination of those on the floor together. I, I think there's a way that you could uh, play those two together. I'm not sure if John Calipari would choose to do that or, you know, go to a rotation where, you know, the best players earn the most minutes. We talk with Chris Fisher, catspaws.com at Chris Fisher, 24 seven on Twitter. And we'll come right back to continue the conversation in just a moment. Look for the Leach Report on Facebook. Show updates, contests, and other cool stuff. Check it out today. Back with Chris Fisher from Cantspawns.com. Uh, Reed Shepard uh, was one of the big stories out of last week, that uh, AAU event down in Alabama, and the national recruiting writer for 24-7 sports, Eric Bossy. I really had some nice things to say. Let me pull this up here, and then I'll get your comment on it, Chris. Uh, Bossy writes, I had coaches from all levels coming up to me all weekend to ask me if Shepard has always been this good. I saw him earlier in the spring, and he was impressive, but not to the level that he was over the weekend. And Later on, he said, Shepard's in a position to make a serious climb in the rankings, and the question is, now that Kentucky has offered, can anybody beat them? So uh, clearly, uh, Reed not only impressed John Calipari, but a lot of other people. Yeah, and honestly, I expected that to happen. I mean, when you watch him play or when you watch film of him, his his basketball IQ is extremely high. He has a great feel for the game. Um, obviously, you know, being the son of, of two Kentucky basketball greats, a lot of that is just in the genes. But then when you combine uh, his skill set of shooting the ball, passing the ball, his, his court vision um, – all those things combined, and then with his uh, his athleticism, you have the makings of an elite prospect. And, and I've said before, he is everything that you would want in a legacy recruit. And regardless of, of his last name, he's earned the right to play at Kentucky. He's good enough to play at Kentucky. And I think the million-dollar question was whether – uh, when or if Kentucky would offer a scholarship, and had they waited and slow played uh, Reed Shepard like they had some of the other in-state recruit, there was I could envision him ending up elsewhere. The, the tensions would have heightened. Uh, more and more schools would have jumped in on him. And uh, had he not felt like a priority, I could have seen him going elsewhere. But the fact that. Kentucky, you know, put on such a, a show of force watching all of his games and, and offering a scholarship this early in, a, in the process is a statement in and of itself. And so with that and with all the NIL opportunities that he and his family will have uh, at Kentucky, uh, as of right now, it's it's hard to, to picture him ending up anywhere else. Now, that's not to say he's going to commit anytime soon. He still has two years of high school remaining, but uh, I think... <laughs> The offer to Reed Shepard was definitely music to uh, to Kentucky fans' ears for sure. His 
parents will will help him navigate through all this. But uh, it's there are going to be parts to this for the next couple of years for him. There probably will be a whole lot of fun. If you commit to Kentucky, then it puts a target on your back for everybody you're playing against. And you're in in this state certainly, and uh, there you know everybody wants to you know it's like the the gunfighter in the old days. Everybody wants to test test the guy that's getting all the attention, if you will. And then um, if you don't pick, uh, you don't make a decision anytime soon, then that's going to be just a persistent story, especially because Kentucky's involved. Yeah, like you said, no matter what the scenario is, this thing was going to be a circus for the next two years. And whether Kentucky offers or not, whether he commits or not, people are going to talk about Reed Shepard. And if that's something that he's ready and willing to embrace, then, um, you know, then Kentucky is going to be a really good spot for him. And I would think that uh, with having two parents that played at Kentucky and understand the relationship and the dynamic with the fans and the media attention that, that comes with that, I think he will be much better equipped to deal with that. And I think they've done a really good job of, for the most part, keeping him as insulated from a lot of that talk as possible. And so I think he's in a really, really good position to handle a lot of that. And his family seems really, really grounded and uh, and humble and, and, like I said, equipped to deal with everything that comes with being a Kentucky basketball recruit and potentially a Kentucky basketball commitment. Yeah, maybe it'll be a situation where he can even, uh, you know, uh, enjoy it uh, as whichever way, you know, whichever way it plays out is just uh, going through the the process and, uh, you know, having that target on your back. Some guys really uh, embrace that. And um, so we'll see how how it goes for him, hopefully very well. Um, suspect that it will. What are you hearing about Jalen Duran? Uh, you know, it's been a little bit quiet on that front. He's obviously wrapped up his uh, his three official visits to Memphis and Miami and Kentucky, and um, I would expect that it is a foregone conclusion that he will reclassify to 2021 following uh, Peach Jam and, and make his decision sometime in late July or, or early August and enroll in school. I think the professional options are still on the table, but as of right now, I would still – bet on him going the college route and I think it's a really tight race I think Kentucky is probably running third right now not a distant third I think all three of those schools are kind of bunched tightly together but I would give uh, Memphis probably the edge over Miami and then Miami a little bit of an edge over Kentucky. Thanks Chris All right, thank you. Chris Fisher CatsPaws.com, Kyle Tucker is next This is where the Big Blue Nation gathers It's Talk Radio 1080 and the Leach Report, followed by Kentucky Sports Radio. Coming to you from the Clark's Pump and Shop Studio. Their new downtown Lexington location is up and running. And if you need a snack or a cold drink while you're downtown or somebody's in town uh, staying at one of the hotels, tell them about the new Clark's Pump and Shop location where they can get some great snacks and um, get pick up a cold drink or a hot cup of coffee when they're in downtown Lexington. It's right across from where the Rupp Arena construction is on Main at the corner of Main and Felix. Um, let's go to the drinksword.com hotline to bring on Kyle Tucker from the athletic.com and lots of bases to touch with Kyle, but we'll start. You have, uh, people have, fans have followed on Twitter with the health issues your uh, wife has been battling and uh, it looks like all is going quite well in the Tucker household. So if I assume yeah. that's correct. And so everybody's happy to hear that. 
Yeah, she's uh, she's recovering nicely. So, yep. Thanks for thanks Good. for checking in. Yep, I, I know you had a lot of uh, BB and uh, prayers going up, so uh, nice to get the good news. Let's start with uh, Kofi Coburn, and he's going to in, uh, he has announced that he will announce on Friday. Uh, any guess on what he's going to say? You know, I, for a while, um, you know, I was I was definitely feeling a strong Kentucky vibe. There's a lot of there's a lot of uh, reason to think that, obviously, with Chin Coleman and Antigua. Orlando Antigua coming back to Kentucky. Um, you know, those guys coached him at Illinois. Antigua recruited him to Illinois. Um, I, I don't think it is a lock uh, for Kentucky. I think there's a very strong pull. There has been a very strong uh, push um, from Illinois to, to get him to come back. Uh, you know, can, the, other, the other aspect there is Kentucky has another option. Uh, you know, I, I think they want to add a big man. That's pretty obvious because they they have had contact with two major big men in Kofi Coburn and number one recruit Jalen Duran, and that's the that's the other piece of this. You know, uh, you're obviously not going to get both of them. Uh, it's a question of who do you want more. Um, obviously, you have to also weigh if you can get. But can you actually get both if you wanted? To, if you do, you really have your pick, uh, or is it take the one that wants to come? But you know, I think in a perfect world, you'd like to have the number one overall recruit and potential number one pick. Um, one, because I think he plays a little more differently than Oscar um, and maybe can play together more. And also because if you could get Jalen Duran, I think the the PR win of that to say, you know, we're back, we're the it school in recruiting again would be huge. I'm not sure which of them is more of the win now guy like i i i think logically you would say probably that's kofi because he's a he's a proven all-american in college um but i do think he and oscar are are similar enough that you know their skill sets are similar enough that does that create a you know a, a roster management problem i don't know so uh, that's all a lot of words to say um it wouldn't shock me if Kofi goes back to Illinois, um, you know, and I and it wouldn't shock me if Kentucky is is potentially more all in on going after Jalen Duran. Coburn was second team All America, and yet he'll be coming back to college wherever he lands with the idea of trying to be uh, at least a little different type of player, and as good as he was last year because of. Uh, what he's heard through the NBA process, and, uh, and this is just speculation on my part, but I would I would uh, guess that on the Illinois side, they're saying, "Hell, whatever you want to do, you want to be the point guard, we'll we'll make it happen." <laughs> right. right, yeah, I mean that's the thing. You know, the appeal at Illinois is uh, along with Corbello, um, You know, that's their one-two punch because they did lose a lot. Um, you know, they lost. Um, you know, a, a, a major transfer to LSU. Um, they lost their star, obviously. Uh, Daisumu uh, to the NBA. Um, you know, they lost half their staff, more than half their staff uh, to Kentucky. So, you know, they're they're trying to hold on to pieces. And and after you know their best year in 15 years, um, where they're a number one seed in the tournament, they're they're trying to you know stay relevant, stay. You know, have a have a team that can compete, and if I think if you have Corbello and you have Kofi Coburn, you you actually have those are two terrific pieces um, that you could basically just let those two guys run wild together. 
Um, and so they're, you know, they're selling that, you know, that you're the guy here. Uh, I, I think you're probably also, if you're, if you're Illinois, uh, you're making a pretty strong pitch as good of, as good in general, you know, the overall sense as Kentucky should be in the name, image, and likeness era and all the benefits they can present a player there. You know, if you're Kofi, are you worth more specifically you? At Illinois, where you already have an established fan base of people, and 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 if you you know, if the perception is you've turned down Kentucky to come back and try to lead them to something, you know how much clamoring is there? How much you know? How beloved are you in that Illinois fan base in the NIL era? Um, that's probably pretty marketable. That's probably something you can cash in on. So I, that, I think that's all going to be part of the equation as well. I would think on the Kentucky side, the uh, the pitch is. Look, you um, didn't hear what you wanted to hear from the NBA. There are going to be NBA scouts watching our practices on a regular basis here. You're going to be able to impress them just through the practices you'll go through here, much less the games, and you'll be tested in, in different ways, and you'll have to, uh, you know, we can help you be become a better perimeter defender, which will appeal to the NBA scouts. All those kinds of things I would think would make up a lot of the Kentucky pitch, along with Coach O. Yeah, for sure. I mean, I think you, you know, for Kentucky, it's that connection and, and it's practice because, you know, like I just said, you, you, if you come to Kentucky, you're probably practicing against Oscar every day, yeah. you know, or Lance Ware, who, you know, a sophomore top 40 recruit who's going to, you know, try to beat you up every day, um, or, or a hyper athletic Damian Collins. Um, so I, you know, I, there's certainly, you can certainly make a very strong case for Kentucky there. I, I'm just curious to see how it shakes out and what shakes out in the aftermath of if they get him. Um, I would say, obviously, Jalen Duran is off the table. If they don't get him, what does that mean? What did it mean to how they approached Kofi? Uh, did they go all in to get Kofi? Or or did they prioritize Jalen Duran thinking they really have a shot? And, and that's that's the other thing that's really interesting to me is I have gathered, you know, I would have told you that there's no way that kid plays college basketball um, because he's obviously worth a great deal um, if he goes to the G League and signing with an agent, uh, Jalen Duran, I mean. Uh, but there's a lot of buzz that he, he wants to play college basketball. And, and talking to some guys on the Adidas circuit last week, I did a story, it's out, this morning on the athletic about how Kentucky is pitching these guys on the image and likeness stuff to top five standing Keontae George. Um, and they both talked about how it is kind of an equalizer between college, uh, and these pro options, the name image and likeness stuff, because, uh, now basically as Keontae George said, everybody wants to play college basketball. Nobody, you know, nobody grew up wanting to play in the G league. Um, but they couldn't get paid in college. Now they can legally get paid in college. Um, and so I think it's making some more of these guys think about it because, you know, what, you know, if you can make a million dollars in the, in the G League and you know you're going to be a top ten pick and make a gazillion dollars after that versus a few hundred thousand or whatever you could make by going to college, but also you up your brand in the long term, you know, if you're at a place like Kentucky – What's the big picture for Jalen Duran? If you could make a couple hundred thousand in college and get paid, but also by going to Kentucky and the brand recognition that goes with that, are you worth more coming out of it than you would have been after your year in the G League? Um, 
I, I really do think there is some appeal there, and I and I do think that Kentucky has continued to believe that it's possible to land the number one overall player again um, in this new era. We're talking with Kyle Tucker from TheAthletic.com. We'll get to a break and uh, get more into that story that he has written that is up at TheAthletic.com. Good reason to be a subscriber if you're not already to read that and all of the college football coverage that is just around the corner. We'll be right back with more of the Leach Report for this Wednesday. This is the Leach Report on Talk Radio 1080. You can interact with the show via Twitter at Leach Report. Now, here's Tom. Back on the drinkstore.com hotline. Visit with Kyle Tucker from theathletic.com. Kyle, anytime there's a turmoil or chaos in a in a business there is a, an opportunity for uh, some enterprising individual or, or company to to uh, gain an edge and uh, kind of happened with the three-point shot in, in the 80s it was a tremendous change in the game of basketball um, late you know in 08 somewhere around in there you had the the one and done element of college basketball and Cal was uh, ahead of the curve on that came here to Kentucky and uh, people were saying you couldn't you know win at at the highest level with uh, freshman dominated teams and so he was kind of the only guy fishing in in his fishing spot for a while and he was so good at it that other people you know he was a victim of became kind of a victim of his own success as you know coach K got into the uh, you know one-and-done type players and so many other schools uh, changed some of their thinking on it too, and it made it uh, harder to succeed. Now, with this NIL, and you write about it in your latest article at theathletic.com, what Kentucky's doing with uh, with NIL, it is a sea change in, in the game. And maybe another opportunity for uh, for Cal to, to, be, to find a way to get ahead of the curve, get ahead of the pack, I should say, right? Yeah, it's really interesting – the timing and sort of the intersection of, you know, this turmoil, as you mentioned, coming off Kentucky's worst year in 90-some years, Cal's worst year, I think, since his first year as a head coach in terms of uh, losses in a season, um, that it comes along at the exact moment uh, or just after that season, the exact moment that uh, the transfer rule, that you can, you know, wide-open transfers uh, come into effect. And so you can immediately remake your roster with veteran guys that you know they can play at the college level. Uh, and, and then in the same summer, uh, name, image, and likeness. And so two of the greatest changes in the history of college sports, um, you know, with the potential to remake the sport, you know, completely, happen in that same offseason. And both of those are things in which Cal and Kentucky can very easily uh, position themselves to be a leader, uh, you know, I think it does change everything. Uh, you know, I think when you could, when a when a critic could have easily sort of painted this as the, you know, downhill, you know, years of the Calipari coaching experience, he's sort of, one, reinvigorated by the challenge of that. I mean, that's several people who've known him over the years say, like, he does his best work when people start to to dog him, um, you know, and also just the, the opportunity that has presented itself uh, for a guy like Cal 
to seize on a new, you know, a new frontier, a couple new frontiers, you know, and when both of those new frontiers involve um, putting him and this program at a distinct advantage to get the best players, um, you know, I think that's a pretty dangerous combination because, you know, they're going to get the best transfers. They, that's already happened, for one. They, they just signed, obviously, the best transfer group in the country. If they were to get Kofi, it would be absurd. Uh, just add pile on top of the best hall of transfers in the country. And now, but the thing that kind of puts you over the top is can you get the game-changing high school guys? Uh, it, it's great to fill in your roster with really good players from that you know can play from other college programs. But if you want to win big, I think certainly what we've seen under Cal is can you get a superstar, the guy that's just night in and night out, flat out better than anybody anybody on the other side is going to have. Um, and name, image, and likeness gives them that chance. I, I mentioned that earlier in the previous segment about about Jalen Duran, uh, about these guys I talked to, Keontae George and Chris Livingston, both top five players in the class, um, who I spoke to this weekend and their families. They are looking at name image likeness they do want to hear i mean you know keontae george the number one shooting guard in the class his mom said you know they're they're trying to make it like hey look this is not the the number one thing they want to go to a good program with good tradition and good players around them so they can win and and enjoy that experience but george's mom said you know he's passing up the g league we want him to go to college he wants to go to college but he is passing up money in the g league so we want to know what kind of team are you going to have in place what are, what's your plan so that he can maximize and get everything that he deserves. Um, it does matter. Uh, and then, you know, he hasn't visited. He's actually going to give Kentucky his last visit. Uh, so they're going to have a chance in the fall to make a big splash with that presentation. Um, in many ways, I think this sort of mimics, you know, what NBA franchises, the presentations they make for free agents um, in those big summers. Um, and Chris Livingston and his grandfather told me that they were wowed by the whole presentation and very specifically said that they showed us, Kentucky showed us the figures on how when something pops at Kentucky, it does X number of more sort of impressions and views and clicks than anywhere, including Kansas, which is the other blue blood on his list. Um, and so, you know, this, this puts Kentucky in an opportunity um, to strike right now and not only get the top transfers, which they're going to do, but also to finally get, again, the very, very top players. They've never stopped getting five stars, but we all know that five stars are not all created equal. You want to get those, you know, the ones that are cannot miss lottery pick guys, day one impact guys, and this, I, I do think, gives them a chance to get those guys again. There's a note in, uh, n- nugget, I should say, down in Kyle's story about uh, County George also working out with De'Aaron Fox that you can read about at theathletic.com. Uh, give me a, a couple of, or about a minute or so here about another story you were on top of late last week, which was uh, Reed Shepard getting his offer from Kentucky. You were down there in Birmingham and kind of saw all this play out with the Shepard family. Yeah, the timing of that was great. I wrote a story on the first night about sort of the, the will he or won't he get a Kentucky offer, will he or won't he go to Kentucky, you know, just the, the pressure and the buildup of all that. And the family was kind of embracing it. Uh, and he played great in front of Cal. Cal had the whole staff there the first night, uh, played really good the next day in front of Orlando, Orlando Antigua, uh, scored 23 in the first half of a game and got an offer right after that. And, and my second story on Reed was, just, I, I sat with him and his mom and dad and, and Reed 
a couple days later to talk about what was it like to get you know that offer the the phone call from Cal in their hotel room in Birmingham and it was really special to the family and, and you know he's got a lot of great offers he's going to have his really his pick of schools but it's it's now that he's got the Kentucky offer um, you know whatever people think friction existed between Jeff Shepard and John Calipari that program means so much to the family to all the people in the community uh, to Reed who grew up rooting for Kentucky. Um, it's really hard, and it's, again, with name image likeness, what can a Kentucky kid whose parents both started Kentucky, what is he worth if he goes to Kentucky more than anywhere else he could go? All those factors to me, whenever it pops, whenever it happens, it may be a while but on that decision, but it's hard for me to envision Reed Shepard anywhere other than Kentucky, you know, now that they've come in. And, and yeah, he's the fourth kid they offered in the class of 2023. Some people felt like they were slow playing him, but by Kentucky standards, you know, they've offered three top ten players and Reed Shepard, and that's it in 2023. So um, they're on him early, plenty early, before his junior year in high school, and I think that matters. Theathletic.com. You can read uh, the work from Kyle Tucker and the rest of their team, and he joins us here on Wednesdays. Thank you. Thank you. We'll be right back to close out this edition of the Leach Report. Wildcat birthdays. Uh, Wawa Jones and Kenny Rollins, two members of the Fabulous Five, were both born on this day. And former governor and legendary Wildcat fan A.B. Happy Chandler was born on this day as well. Uh, Got a note from one of our listeners, uh, Jeff. He says that Tim Stevens from McCreary McCreary County, now McCreary Central, uh, wore uh, jersey number 31 at first and then switched to 30 uh, because when he arrived, Marion Haskins was wearing 30 at Kentucky. So I have to check that one out. It doesn't show up that way on John Scott's page, but uh, Jeff could be right. We were talking about that number for Kellen Grady earlier in the show. Have a great rest of your day, everybody. Dick Gabriel in tomorrow for me on the Leach Report. Thanks for listening to The Leach Report. Make sure you check out the podcast page at TomLeachKY.com whenever you miss a show. And be sure to follow The Leach Report Facebook page. If you have a question for Tom, email it to leachreport at g